Today we are in part four of a series called Unstuck. Uh, when you walked in today, you should have gotten um, a little note card that looked like this. If you got it, wave it at me. Let me just see it. If you're here, if you're online, uh, you got to make your own notes. And so uh, you'll notice on the, on the front is some places for you to fill in some blanks. And then on the back is all these lovely blanks for you to take as many notes. Today's message, I'll just let you know, will be a note-taking message. I'm just letting you know that now. If you are a note-taker in here, you like notes. If you're like me, you're going to like today. Uh, today we got a lot that's going to come your way. Uh, on the back of this note card, you'll also see that QR code that's there, and you can scan that anytime and find out all about the events that we have coming up and get connected and all that. That's where. Uh, I want to start off today with a question, and the question is, how many of you have had a season in your life where you didn't know how you were going to make it through, but only because of the grace of God you are standing today because of God's goodness and grace in your life? Can I get an amen from anybody in the house that's had that happen? You're like, come on, look at somebody next to you say, you look like a miracle. Come on, you look like a miracle. Now look at the person you didn't want to look at and tell them, you look like you need a miracle. <laughs> Y'all might have said that to the same person. I don't know. But uh, today we are going to be looking at a story in Genesis chapter 12. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 12 almost the whole day today. And so you can go with me to Genesis 12. Uh, these verses will be on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible, but if you did, I encourage you to, to turn to there. We're going to go Genesis chapter 12 today. We're going to read through the story of a man named Abram. His name will get changed in a little bit to be Abraham. Many of us know that. If you grew up in church, you probably sang a song called Father Abraham. He had many sons, and many sons had, and I was one of them. And so let's just praise the Lord, okay? Right arm, right arm. <laughs> How many of you grew up singing that song right there? Come on now. All right, it's like the hokey, it's like Christian hokey pokey. Um, so we're going to look at that guy today, Abram. And so let's, let's read today. Let's, let's get going. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 5 is where we're going to start today. And it says this. It says, the Lord said to Abram, go. Everybody say go. <laughs> say it again. So in this whole series, we've been talking about how God is a God of movement. God is a God of progression. God is a God that has called us to keep moving at any point. That's why this whole series is called Unstuck. God wants to get us unstuck from bad habits. God wants to get us unstuck from hurts. God wants to get us unstuck from wrong thinking. God is always trying to get us unstuck. We want to stay. He wants you to go. And so he's telling Abram in this moment, hey, I want you to go. And I want you to go from your country, and I want you to leave your people, and I want you to leave your father's household to the land that I'm going to show you. Just know that God's always going to call you to keep moving forward. He's always calling us to move. But you'll notice in the beginning of this first story that in order for you to go, you've got to leave. In order for you to go where God wants you to go, you've got to leave some things and some people behind that normally you would want them to go with you. But God says, they ain't going where I'm calling you to go. And I'm just telling you, you're going to find this in your faith journey that every time you want to get comfortable and, get, and just kind of stay in your comfort zone, God is going to say, no, it's time to go. And he's going to call you to leave things, to leave people, and leave some stuff behind. Jesus issued this call to disciples. You know the story of Jesus and the disciples. When he called his disciples, he said, hey, leave your nets there, follow me, and come. 
What most people don't understand is leaving your nets also meant leaving your job, but it also meant leaving your family because it was a family business. So I'm calling you to leave your family. I'm calling you to leave your job. I'm calling you to leave your trade. I'm calling you to leave everything you know to go where I want you to go. He made this call to Abram. He made this call to many people in the, in the Bible. He made this call to the disciples. And how many you know he's making this call to you and me as well? In order for you to go where God wants you to go, you're going to have to leave some things behind. And I love what, what uh, Five said, just the cutting off of things in our life. That there's some things that just can't go with you with, with where God is calling you to go. But here's the good news. Ready? Watch this. Anything that God calls you to leave, he's always got something better on the other side. If he's calling you to leave some relationships, how many know he's got better relationships on the other side? If he's calling you to leave a certain uh, situation, he's got better situations for you on the other side. God never calls you to leave something unless he's got something better for you. And notice that he tells them, hey, I want you to go from your country, go from your people, go from your father's household, and I'm going to show you where you're going to go. First question I know right out the gate, my children ask me all the time if I tell them to get in the car. First question is? Where are we going? Exactly right. If I'm Abram, that's the first question that I'm asking. Where are we going? And, and I want you to notice how God gives him what they're going to do. This is where you're going to go. Watch. Next verse says this. I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So I don't know about y'all. That doesn't really quite answer the question, where are we going? <laughs> where are we going, God? I'm going to make you a great nation, and I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing to everybody. That, that wasn't the question, God. The question was where we're going. And I want you to notice something. This is huge here. Every time you come to these passages of Scripture, you have to unpack what's really going on. Notice that God doesn't direct them to the plan. He directs them to a promise. Oftentimes when God calls you to leave something and go somewhere else, he doesn't always give you the plan, but he does give you the promise. I can't tell you all the details. How many know God is, he is a detailed God, but he sometimes leaves the details out for you. Y'all ever notice that? Like, he knows the details, but he don't tell you the details. I do that to my family all the time, and my wife absolutely hates it. Where are we going? You'll find out. Just tell me where we're going. How many know? That's not good marriage counsel. I just want you to know already. Just right out the gate. Doesn't go for a good drive, all right? Because uh, usually she's like, you don't even know where you're going. I know where I'm going, woman. You'll see eventually when we get there. And so God knows, though. God knows exactly where he's going in this. And, and I think one of the reasons why... God doesn't tell him all of the details and the plan is because if God told him all the details, he wouldn't have gone. <laughs> How many of you look back at your life and God told you to do some stuff and you stepped out and did it, but if you would have known were you stepping out and did it, mean that it meant some pain, it meant some hardship, it meant some trusting in the Lord, you would have been like, I'm cool here. <laughs> Sometimes God leaves out the plan because if you knew the full plan, you wouldn't take the risk. So God just says, hey, take that step. And you're like, well, where are we going? Just take the step. Just take the step. And I promise you I'm going to be with you. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to be a blessing to you. Ultimately, I'm going to give you the fruit of what's going to happen. I'm just not going to show you the process of how it's going to happen. And so God tells him to step, and he steps in this beginning journey. Watch what happens. The next verse said, I love this, because Abram does this. Watch the next verse. It says this. Can we put the next one up? Uh, that is the next one. I'm sorry. I'll bless those who bless you. My bad. Uh, I will bless those who bless you. And curse, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Here we go. Next one. And it says, so Abram. Okay. So, so Abram obeyed. God said go. Abram went. 
as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Now watch this. This is an integral part of the story. And Abram was how old? Now, I don't know about y'all. When you're 75 years old, you ain't thinking about moving. I'm thinking about settling. I'm thinking about retirement. I'm thinking about like AARP benefits. I'm thinking about all of the stuff that I now get to just settle in and enjoy because I've lived a long life. And and here we are. God says, oh, you're 75? All right, it's time to go now. And so he goes, and when he sets out from Haran, he took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And it says the next verse, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. All right. So reading the story sounds very simple. God says go. God promises, makes a promise. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a blessing to everybody. Next verse, Abraham goes, and Abraham gets there. Done. Right? (laughs) What Abraham doesn't realize is that the journey has just begun. Yes, he did get to a destination, but he didn't get to the final destination of where God had called him to be. What Abraham doesn't know is that he has just started the journey. What's going to be on the other side of this journey is going to be one of the greatest challenges he ever faces in his entire life. And if we're all very, very honest, most of us love the start. Most of us celebrate when it's finished. But how many know we get stuck in the middle? So today, the title of my message is Stuck in the Middle. What happens to you whenever you start something and you look to the, to, the, to the moment to finish something, but you get stuck in the middle? You have a dream, and then there's the fulfillment of the dream, but what people don't talk about is there's the middle of the dream. Like, you, you have the vision, you, you've got the promise, but what happens in the middle of the promise, and, and if you want to write something down, write this first thought down. Here we go. Most of life is lived in the middle. Most of life is lived in the middle. Years ago, we bought our sons a, a playground, like, play set for the backyard, like one of those big old play sets like we got at, like, Toys R Us. And, uh, and I went to Toys R Us, and I looked at this play set, and I was like, man, that's awesome. The boys are going to love it. And how many know when you go to Toys R Us, like, it's set up. Like, you see it. It looks it, like it's awesome. And so my thought was, they're just going to deliver that to my house. Come to find out, it comes in like 19 boxes. And then when you start opening these boxes, you start putting it all out everywhere. And then how many know, you up in the middle of all of this. And then I, I told Lindsay, first off, you're going to have to pray for me. I don't know how this is going to happen, but we're going to figure it out. And I'm like a really detailed guy. Like, I follow directions. I'm pretty good at that. I, you know, I'll figure all that out. But, I mean, if you've ever built one of these, you already know. You lose your sanity and your Christianity as you're doing this. I just wanted to go throw it in the burn pile and burn it, like, in the middle of it. I'm like, this ain't happening. So, finally, after days of days of days being just stuck in the middle, because, like, it's a 12 by two-thirds board next to a 12 by one-and-a-half board, and you got to make sure you put the right one right there in the middle of it. And, and I, there was countless times where I put the wrong board. It was just a half-inch. Man, it was, it was just a frustrating thing. When I finally got it all done, it was all done. You know, we unveiled it to the boys, and the boys are all excited. They're swinging on it. And I looked at Lindsay. I was like, I will never put one of these t- up again. Again, never, never. The next day, Pastor Bubba calls me. 
And he says, hey, man of God, I saw you put up one of them like little jungle gyms in the back of your thing. Could you put up mine for me? I looked at Lindsay, and she was like, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. I was like, yeah, man of God, I love you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I ended up doing it for him, um, only for him. I have never put another one up since. I've never put another one up since the beginning of it, but I was stuck in the middle. Women in here, you'll relate to this one. I mean, when you find out that you're pregnant, it's such a joyous celebration. And now there's like all of this fanfare behind these massively huge gender reveal parties that go on. Like when, when we had Josiah, the gender reveal party was, was this. I, I, we went to my mom's house and we, told, we were going to tell my mom and my, my grandmother that we were having a, a child. And, and so I had put together like this whole PowerPoint slide. Like that's how, come on somebody, that was like a PowerPoint slide of how I was going to do it and all this stuff. So I went to my grandmother and was like, oh, we got something we want to share with you. And she's like, hey, can it wait till after Will of Fortune? Are you, are you kidding me? We sat through a 30-minute episode of Wheel of Fortune before I could share the grand news that she was going to have a grandson and a great-grandson and all this stuff. So we sat through it. So I know she's watching. It's a funny moment. Anyways, so we didn't get to have all the explosions. That was before all the explosions and now the things that happen, you know, to do these gender reveals. And so we had this. And then you fast forward nine months and, you know, there's the arrival of Josiah Belt that came into this world, the first son. It's this huge deal. But it was in the middle, though, that's the challenging part. We're excited about the beginning, and we can't wait to the end. But it's in the middle when you want to just throw a couple punches. Same thing with a marriage, right? We go through all of this. I did a wedding yesterday. All of this money spent on this extravagant wedding, and it's incredible, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, and got the dress and everything. But... Hey, how many know it's one thing to get married, it's a whole nother thing to stay married. I did premarital with a couple this week, they're like 21, they're both 21, and I looked at them and I said, you're going to need to schedule an appointment with me in five months. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, because right now this is all theory to you, it's about to get real. <laughs> they're getting married next weekend. I said, schedule a meeting with me in five months and we'll sit back down and talk through all of this and you'll find out how much I was telling you that you thought you didn't need, you really do need. Because how do you know, it's one thing to get married, it's a whole nother thing to stay married. You find out, how do you know, you find out what you're made of in the middle. It's in the middle. Some of y'all are like, I want to fast forward to the end. <laughs> no, it's in the middle. It's in the middle. It's in the middle. Think about, think about our salvation. Man, you get, you get saved. You give your life to Jesus, and God cleanses you of all your past shame and guilt, and you get forgiveness, and you get a new start. But how many know when baptism comes, we don't, we don't baptize you, and then you just go to heaven? Like, you got to come up out of the water and like heaven is like at some point. So it's like the already, but the not yet. And where we get stuck in faith is not at the beginning. And it's not when we get to heaven. It's in, it's in the middle. It's in the middle. And so today I, I, I want us to look at this idea of what it is to, to be stuck in the middle. And, and I, I want to start with this. I want to make just a, a, a statement that I think maybe will help us. And that is that you don't need to confuse the scene with the story. Don't confuse the scene with the story. 
You know, um, on, on Instagram, they have, they have stories now, IG stories, and you can get all of these clips of, of people's life. You get, get all these little segments, little tiny little segments that are just, you know, 10 seconds or so of someone's life or someone's day or someone's things, but they're just, they're just clips. They're just, just scenes. How I many know you can curate the best scenes of your life to make things look good, but that's not the story, that's not the story. I, one of the things that I love to do, I'm, I'm one of these kind of guys, I love watching behind the scenes. When a movie is made, I like to go and watch the behind the scenes. And, and, and the, the reason I like going and watching behind the scenes is because behind the scenes, you know, the movie was awesome. But behind the scenes, you get the bloopers. Behind the scenes, you get the mistakes. Behind the scenes, you got to see all of the work that went in to make this epic movie. You got to see all the stuff. Right now, I'm watching a documentary on Tom Brady, and, and I see all of his success. But I've been loving the behind the scenes of his life and of his story because I get to see, you get to see the hardship. You get to see the pain. You get to see the struggles. You get to see the story. And, and so I'm telling you today, listen, you need to be careful to not give up on your story because you don't like the scene. I mean, you know, this church, by the way, you, some of y'all walked in this church and like, man, this is amazing. Look at all this. Hey, listen, this might be the scene, but this ain't the story. This is a 21-year story. Come on, Dana, yo, you with me here? This is 21 years of people sacrificing, of people serving, of people helping, of people giving, of things that have happened over the course of 21 years that has got us to this scene. But how I many know that's not the story? And if your scene doesn't look good, it's because your story is still getting written. So be careful judging your life by the scene of your life when God's got a full story he's trying to write. If you walked into a movie and just saw the scene, scene, don't prejudge the scene because you don't know the story. Don't look at someone's life and judge them by their scene. Make sure you understand their story. You walk into Walmart, someone's pissed off at you. and Can I say that? I don't know. Maybe not. I did. I don't know if we can. This is, we are real here. Okay. This is, this is real church. Some of y'all some of y'all are that at me now. It's okay. All right. So, so can we just be honest? You walk into Walmart, someone is that at you. And why don't y'all watch? And so, so I'm going to tell you right now, watch this. But we can judge the scene instead of understanding the story. You don't know what their day was like. You don't know what their week was like. You don't know what their month or year was like. You don't know what they're walking through. And so you judge the scene, but you don't understand the story. And we do this with people all the time. We see a scene of their life and we judge them for the scene, even though it might be a bad scene, even though it may be a failure scene, even though it may be a mistake scene. But God, how many are thankful that God sees a story? He doesn't see a scene. And so he can call that scene, redeem the scene, and make it good. So if you're in the middle of something right now that looks bad, just because it looks bad now doesn't mean it'll always be bad, but we judge our life based off of scenes. But don't confuse scenes with story. And if you looked at Abram right now and you saw this scene, you'd be like, great, awesome, man. He made it. He obeyed God. It's awesome. You don't know what he's about to face. You have no clue what he's about to get into. And so today I want to speak to all of those that are in here that are in the middle of something that they are stuck in. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're stuck in depression. Maybe you're stuck in a, in, a, in, a, in a relational, tensional strife thing. Maybe you're stuck in a place in your finances where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Maybe you're stuck in a thing where it's like the job is just 
oh, I can't wait to get out of this job, or whatever it may be. Maybe you're in a really hard season with your children. Maybe you're in a really hard season. I, I don't know what it may, may be, but I, I can almost guarantee, speaking to a church this size, there are many of you in here that are stuck in something that is extremely painful or that is extremely hard, and you're judging your life based off of the current scene. And God wants you today to maybe look at a grander story. Because I started this message saying, how many of you have walked through something in your life that you didn't know how you were going to get through, but because of the grace of God, you're standing here today, and everybody's like, yeah! Because it's true, you're not where that was, but we can get amnesia and forget that, hey, I know where I am today, but God got me through that. Why can't he get me through this? So I want to give you a couple thoughts. How do you keep moving when in the middle? How can you keep moving? Because that's really what it's all about. God's all about, let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving. Let's not get stuck. Let's just keep moving. Even in the middle of stuff, let's, let's keep moving. How do we do this? Number one, write this down. Remember that growth is in the middle. Growth isn't in the start. Growth isn't in the finish. Growth is, is in the middle. Abram was 75 years old when God called him. We're about to look at a scene in his life. Ten years have now passed. Notice the promise of God was that you're going to be a nation, you're going to be blessed, and you're going to be a blessing. All of these things are going to happen. So a nation, like you're going to rule a nation, you're going to have a nation, means he's got to have children, right? (laughs) Ten years have passed since this promise and since this movement has happened. And God has not delivered on that. Sarah has not had a child yet. There is no children in the equation. Ten years have passed. He, he, he obeyed immediately. It wasn't like even it was, it was delayed obedience. He obeyed immediately, yet God was, seemed like God was slow on his end. And how many know oftentimes God's promises never fail, but God's plans never make sense? His promises never fail, but his plans very very rarely make sense. And I'm going to show you now in Genesis 15. So we're now a couple chapters in. We were in Genesis 12. Now we're in Genesis 15. Ten years have gone by, and Abram's struggling. Let's just be honest. He is struggling. He is in the middle of this now. He left everything. There's no turning back. And here he is. He says, but Abram said. So Abram's now going to talk to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who, who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus? That was a servant of his. So he's going, God, is, is, is just my servant supposed to be this person that's going to carry on? Even though it's not my son, is this who he's supposed to be? And Abram said, you haven't given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to him. And God says to him, this man will not be your heir but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. So uh, don't, don't go for the, 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 the servant. I have a son. He's coming. He's coming. I'm promising you this. And so he takes him outside. God takes him outside and he says, look up at the sky. And I want you to count the stars if you indeed can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord and he credited him as righteousness. Now I want you to notice something yet again. God did not point Abraham to the plan. God pointed him to the promise. God pointed him to the person. 
And oftentimes we can get so frustrated with God when we're stuck in a place. God, just give me the plan. God, what do you want me to do? And God's going, no, 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 listen. He doesn't give him the plan. He says, just look up. I got this. I, I, I'm, I'm making things right in order for you. God is, understanding God is not the goal. Obeying and trusting him is. I'm gonna say that one more time. Understanding God is not the goal. Obeying and trusting him is. God doesn't have to give a reason. God doesn't have to give details. God just wants to know, can you trust me in the middle of this? What looks like there is no plan, what looks like confusion, what looks like failure, what looks like I'm not coming through on my promises, just trust me. But can we just all agree that waiting in the middle is hard? Can we just all agree that it's frustrating, that it is exhausting, that at times it is discouraging? Can I tell you why I think a part of that is? We live in a convenience culture. Lindsay and I were talking about this the other day. For some reason, the United States of America thinks we're the only one who go through hard times. And we think that our hard times are actually really hard times. And some of them are, don't get me wrong. But man, our country, we are a country of convenience and comfort. And anything that gets out of our convenience and comfort, we do not like it. I mean, think about it. Everything that is sold to us is about convenience and comfort. I mean, like microwave meals, <laughs> Amazon Prime. Come on, get it in one day. Six days is enough. Got to get it in one. Got it again, two. Fast internet. How many of y'all remember AOL? Anybody actually remember that? You've got mail. <laughs> All right. We, man, we, we remember those days. Online grocery shopping, instant entertainment. I mean, Netflix is like buffering for 10 seconds. You're like, what's the deal? We are so, we have been so trained for comfort, for convenience, for quick. So anything that is delayed, anything that takes longer, we, and so here's what happens. Because we have been so trained in that, we think God operates that way too. So I just, God, I'm 21 days of prayer. I prayed one prayer. You should do it. God's like, ah, I don't operate like that. Sometimes God can do things instantaneous. Absolutely, he's, he's known to do that. But, but I want you to see something in Abram's life. And actually, you can see this all throughout Scripture. But, but here's the big deal. What often looks like delay sometimes can be development. What often looks like delay is actually development. Sometimes God says no, not because he's mean, but because he's trying to do something in us. He's developing and growing something inside of us. Let me show you. James chapter 1 says it this way. For you know that when your faith is what? Come on, say it again. When your faith is tested. Watch this next word. Your endurance has a chance to grow. You, you only have to have endurance when you have to have patience. You only have to have patience when you have to wait. So he says your faith is tested. You're going to have to wait for some things. Don't waste the wait. Don't waste the wait because the wait is your endurance and your endurance is a chance to grow. And so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, there we go, not delay but developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. So, so I want you to understand this. 
if you view delay wrong, you miss the opportunity for growth. Because delay could be development. And here's what I know. God will let you wait until he feels like you're fully developed. So if you waste the wait, just you're going to be waiting longer. Development comes in these seasons. God's just not a God of destination. God is a God of process. And how many of you know that the enemy wants to wear you down in the waiting season? There's the promise, there's the fulfillment, and then there's in the middle. And where the enemy attacks you is usually not in the start and it's usually not at the, just the end. It's always in the middle. If he can give you, get you to get up, uh, give up in the middle, how many know you lose out on what you can get on the end because you quit before in the middle? And the enemy will continually go after you in the middle of it all. You cannot experience a reaping season if you cannot wait in the waiting season. And I'm going to show you just a minute what, what happens when we don't do that well. But what if there are things that God wants to give you, but the only payment is patience? So for those that know, I've been a part of our church here for 21 years, almost since the beginning. The church was about six months in when I came on board. I was 18 when I came on board. Um, and... And so for the last 21 years, I've, I've, you know, walked with Pastor Bubba, been with Pastor Bubba in a lot of different things, and he's had me in a bunch of different roles. And I can remember seasons of being here where I expected to be in other roles than I currently was in. And now we get so frustrated because I, I felt like, man, God, I, I want this next season. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this next season. But what I learned over the years is that one of the ways that God actually was, was God's grace is God used Pastor Bubba to hold me back in certain things because there was more development that needed to happen in my heart. That if I got what I really wanted, I would destroy what I got. And sometimes God has a withholding season from us because there's development that he's wanting to do inside of us because if he gave you what you wanted now, you would destroy what you got. You wouldn't handle it right. I want the promotion, but when you got promotion, you'd forget God. And how many know God says, I ain't gonna let you forget me, so I'm gonna keep you in a place where you come dependent on me and that you live a life and a habit of being dependent on me so that when blessings come, you'll always still be dependent on me because you know that it was me that was doing it. Are y'all with me? I know this ain't easy to preach, but uh, I'm just letting you know right now, maybe part of the reason we're stuck in the middle is not delay, maybe it's development. Maybe God's doing something in our hearts. Maybe God's trying to train up something. And, and, and I want you to see what happens, though. Watch what happens when we want to take things in our own hands. Because Genesis 16 now, you go to the next chapter. So the first chapter in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham is frustrated with God. Literally, he's frustrated with God. How many know it's okay to be frustrated with God? Yep. It's perfectly fine to be frustrated. Can I be? Yes, you can. You can be frustrated with God. The thing is, you've got to go to God with your frustrations with him. Watch what happens in Genesis 16. Still hasn't happened. We're still in delay. And now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. And so Sarah says to Abram, watch this. The Lord has prevented me. This is the Lord's fault. The Lord hasn't allowed me to have children. Now, here's what I want to do. So she's telling this to Abram. I want you to go and I want you to sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. So watch this. When we're stuck in the middle and we're frustrated with God, chapter 15 tells us the right way to handle frustration. Abraham goes to God. 
Sarah is frustrated with God, but she doesn't go to God. She goes to her husband. Right, right frustration, wrong person. Let me say that again. Right frustration, wrong person. It is okay to be frustrated. You just better make sure that when you're stuck in the middle, you go to the right person and not the wrong person because this is what ends up happening. She says this, God's not doing what he said he would do and he's not doing the timing I think he should do it in, so I'm gonna be God and I'm gonna take care of this myself. Here's Hagar. Abraham, you sleep with her. You, you, maybe we can have children through her and maybe she'll be the one that'll help us get this, get this fixed out. And the most dangerous thing that you can do when you're stuck in the in-between is to try to take control of the situation. How many of y'all look at your life and you look back at decisions you made when you were frustrated because God didn't seem like he was doing what he said he would do and so you took matters in your own hands and you made decisions on your own and now you look back and you go, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Like, I should have trusted the Lord, but I didn't, and so I decided I would do things in my own hands. Look what the next verse says. And Abraham agrees with Sarah's proposal. He's like, well, I guess I'll take one for the team. Okay, I guess. Come on, like, he, he was a part of this too, okay? It wasn't just on her. Sarah doesn't just get all the blame. Abraham could have been like, no, woman, we got to go to the Lord. Let's find out. God's faithful. He did. And he was like, well, okay, I guess so. Let's, let's do it. And so he agrees. So Sarah and Abram's wife took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. She became pregnant. Now watch this. This is so embedded into our culture nowadays, we don't even know the air that we're breathing. Because we live in a culture that has a why wait mentality. Why wait when I can do it myself? Why wait on God when I can make things happen? Why wait to have sex? Why wait to get married? Why wait to make a decision and, and seek the Lord and spend 21 days praying and fasting when I can just go get the credit card and go buy it now? Why wait? I can just go do it now. Why wait? Why wait? And if you read anything in this, you need to understand this. Just because you maybe can't control the situation doesn't mean you don't have a choice in the situation. I'm going to say that again. Just because you can't control the situation you're in doesn't mean you don't have a choice in the situation that you're in. What will you choose when you are in the in-between? Because you always have a choice when you're in the in-between. When the healing isn't there yet, you've got a choice. When the relationship's not there yet, you have a choice. When the finances don't seem to be showing up yet, you have a choice. Am I going to trust God? Am I going to lean into God? Am I going to depend on God? Or am I going to take matters into my own hands and try to fix it myself, do it myself, but I know this well enough and I've done enough counseling that the people who took it in their own hands regretted it. And so I'm gonna, I'm, I, I wanna encourage you with this big thought and that is this, don't give up on what God wants most for what you want now. Don't give up on what God wants most for your life because of what you want now because let me show you what happens when you take matters in your own hands. Not only did Hagar get pregnant, watch the result of what happens when Sarah Gave Hagar to Abram. Abram agreed to it. She got pregnant. Watch the next verse. It says this. But when Hagar knew that she was pregnant, she began to mistreat her mistress and Sarah with contempt. And then Sarah said to Abram, this is your fault. <laughs> Ain't that about right. This is your fault. 
Like, Abraham, this is your fault. Well, wait, hold up. Whose idea was this? I thought this was your idea. How many know blaming starts going on now? Who's, who's at fault in all of this? What's going on? Because when you do things your way instead of God's way, you may get what you want and hate what you have. <laughs> you may get the relationship that you always wanted because you were battling with insecurity and so you were in a place of loneliness and so out of insecurity because you need somebody, you went ahead and dated somebody and then you ended up marrying somebody but that wasn't the person that God had for you and you got what you wanted but you hate what you got now. And this can happen in so many different ways in our lives where we, we take control of a situation because it doesn't seem like God is doing what he says he's going to do. And we end up doing this. We, we end up going and doing it our own way. And hear what I want to tell you. Listen to me so closely. If you rush it, you'll regret it. If you rush it, you'll regret it. God has a time frame. There's growth that he's trying to produce in our life. And many of us probably can, can attest to this. One moment of patience can save you a lifetime of regret. One moment of patience can save me from a whole lifetime of regret. And I don't know if you've been there. I know that I've been there countless times where I've tried to play God and do my own things. And those times have always been times where I've regretted it. I've always regretted it. Because sometimes the delay in our life is not really delay, it's development. And growth is in the middle. God is trying to grow us, develop us when we're in the middle. But for every person in here who has taken matters into your own hands like I have and haven't trusted the Lord and made your own decisions, I I want you to write point number two down because this is huge here. Not only is growth in the middle, though, you got to remember that grace is in the middle, too. Grace is in the middle. How many of you are grateful for the grace of God that even though you took control at times, God's got grace for you? Even though you made mistakes, God's got grace for you. Even though you did something you know you shouldn't do, God's got grace for you. God's got grace for you. Even though Abraham and Sarah did not, did not fully trust in what God told them that he would do and they took matters into their own hands, it's just good to know that God has grace for them. Because watch, here's the grace of God. Watch chapter 17 now. Chapter 17 says this. And so when Abraham was 99 years old, <laughs> called it at 75 at 85 made a mistake and took matters into his own hands and now here we are 14 more years later so we are almost 25 years down the road still don't have a child of their own Abraham at 99 years old the Lord appears to him and says I am El Shaddai God Almighty serve me faithfully and live a blameless life verse 2 and I will make a what I'm going to make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants and at this Abraham fell face down on the ground then God said to him this is my covenant with you I will make you the father here we go again I'm not a father I'm telling you, I'm going to make you a father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. You're not going to be called Abram anymore. You're now going to be called Abraham. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations, and I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. This is so good. How many know this is so good? Because in chapter 15, he blows it. And in chapter 17, God says, I have grace for you. Even though you blew it, even though you shouldn't have done what you did, I still have grace for you. 
I still have a promise for you. I still have a call on your life. You didn't do so bad that now the call is gone. You are still in God's grace. You are still in God's mercy. God has a plan, and he says, I'm gonna make you extremely fruitful. You're still gonna be a father of nations. This is good news for all of us that God has grace in the middle. God has grace in the middle. That's such good news for all of us. Such good news for all of us. Watch, I, I, wanna, I wanna illustrate this, this with you, all right? I'm gonna show you how this, how this plays out because this is, this is huge here. Um, Stanley, why don't you come up here? I'm gonna get Stanley to come up here. Aaron, I'm gonna get you to come up here. Okay, I'm gonna get two guys to come up here. And I wanna, I wanna show you a visual of how this plays out because this is so important for you to understand, okay? <laughs> all right, so <laughs> you're gonna stand right here, okay? Uh, Stanley, come over here, come over here. All right, you're gonna stand right over here, okay, right there. All right, you're gonna be, you're gonna be right there. Okay, all right, so here's, here's what I want you to understand. This is, is, is who I was. This is who I am. And this is where I wanna be, okay? Oftentimes, we can get so frustrated because where I am is not where I wanna be. How many of y'all look at your life right now and you go, I feel like I should be further along than where I currently am right now. I, this is where I wanna be, this is where I am, and this is, this, is where, this is where I was. Here's what you need to understand, that in order for me to continue to take steps towards God, how many know there's gotta be grace in the middle? There's gotta be grace in the middle for this. I'm gonna make some mistakes along the way, but there's gotta be some grace in the middle. How many know as I look to where God wants me to be, the only way that I get encouraged to go where I want, I want God wants me to be is I look back and see where I once was. How many know I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm also not who I used to be, all right? Now, don't take that personally. You're a good-looking man, okay? So, I'm just, but I mean, Stanley, come on now. Someone, I mean, who doesn't want that? I mean, so, right, Deidre? Hey, they get married this year. Come on, somebody. All right, so, so, I, I want you to understand something here. It, it, it's so often, this is, we get stuck in the middle because yet again, it constantly looks like it's so far. Man, it's so far, I'm not where I wanna be, I'm not where I wanna be, but, but every time I do that, I look back and go, but I'm not where I used to be. And I remember when I was in this stage and I didn't think I could take a next step. But every time that I took a step, come on, how many know he who is faithful to begin something in you will see it to completion? And so I've gotta keep taking steps to where he's gone. And every time I've gone, hey listen, it was the grace of God that got me to where I am today Grace filled the gap. I mean, no, grace also fills this gap. Hey, listen, listen. You go, well, I've got these gaps in my life. I'm not where I want to be. God says, you've got gaps, I've got grace. You've got gaps, I've got grace. I look back and go, I'm not where I was. But man, I've got some gaps. I've got some things for where God's calling me to be. But I want you to see how God works. And this is so huge. This will help you understand a little bit of what God does. Because the, our, our thing, usually always, I wanna try to extend this gap further and I wanna try to close this gap in closer, right? That's all, what all of us wanna be. Where God wants me to be, I wanna get closer to that. I wanna get further and further away from who I used to be. I wanna get closer and closer. But you need to understand about something about how God works. Because every time I'm getting closer to, to God, every time I am closing this gap, I want you to do this with me, Stanley. Every time I take a step, I want you to take a step, all right? So every time I'm going and I take a step, Y'all ever notice that? And every time I take a step and I feel like I'm getting closer to him, I'm like, man, I still got a ways to go. And then you take, an, and then you take another step and he just keeps on going. 
But how many of you realize that in that pursuit of, of, of going after God, how many know this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger though? And God is giving us the grace to continue to fill this gap. I'm continually going after God with all of my heart. The Bible says this about the Apostle Paul. He says this. He says, I forget the things that lie behind and I pursue the goal. And how many know that was a man of God? I pursue the goal that is ahead of me. I go after the goal that's ahead of me. And I just want you to know, here's the encouragement right now. You'll never get this until you get to heaven anyways. And so, and so every time, from wherever you are in your journey right now, maybe it's right here in your beginning with God, you need to know it is the grace of God that sets you on course in this, in this season, and you're just taking steps, and you're not where you want to be. And how many know you can take three steps forward and then take four steps back? How many of y'all felt like that before? And you take some more forward, and it feels like you take two steps back, but I'm still moving forward. And every time I'm moving forward, God's moving a little bit more. David faced, David faced a lion, and he faced a bear. And he thought those are some big deal until he stepped up to Goliath. And he realized, oh, God's got a bigger giant for me. And he steps up and he slays that one. And every time he was growing, how many know God was calling him to grow even further? How many are like, okay, God, this is as far as it goes. And God's like, you don't even know. You don't even know. So I want you just to hear me very closely. If you've got gaps in your life, God's got grace for your life. There is no addiction that a, the grace of God cannot fill. There is no struggle, there is no past, there is no shame that the grace of God cannot fill. And this story that we get of Abraham is a story of not just triumph and success. He got a vision from God, he's gonna be a blessing generation, and then he showed up and it was there. You get the full story of God, of doing delays in his life but for development. But also in that development, he was giving him grace. I'm still gonna make you this. I'm still gonna do this in you. I'm still gonna make this happen. And it is the grace of God that fills this in our life. And so right now, you may look back and go, man, I thank God I'm not where I wanna be, and man, I'm, but I'm so discouraged I'm not where I wanna be. Just know, grace fills this gap. You are not gonna become all that God called you to do on your own strength. You're gonna need the grace of God to get where God's called you to do. Amen? Amen. Come on, can you give it up for our two guys? Thank you. Love you. Number three is you need to remember that in all of this, and this is the part that I love the most, is that yes, there's growth that's in the middle, and yes, there's grace that's in the middle. If you have failed for every failure, every mistake, every problem, God fills it with his grace. But I'm gonna give you this last thought, and this is the one that I love the most, is that you've just gotta remember that God is in the middle. <laughs> God is in the middle. Look what Hebrews, Hebrews 11 says. This is the book of Hebrews, New Testament, speaking about the story of Abraham in the Old Testament. And Hebrews 11 says it this way, verse 8 and 9. It was, everybody say this with me. It was, come on, say it again. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. Next verse, it says, and he went without knowing where he was going. Even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. by faith. So yes, it was by faith that got him out of where he was, but it was also by faith that got him to where God is calling him to be. And when he got to where God is calling him to be, he still lived there by faith. And it was, verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his 
promise. 25 years after the call, 25 years after Abraham, go, I'm gonna bless you. You're gonna, be a, you're gonna have a great nation and I'm gonna use you to be a blessing to the people. God gave Abraham finally, 25 years later, the child, the promised child, Isaac. Why did God do that? Because he's a promise keeper. And whatever promise he declares to us, he always pr provides for us. And I just need you to hear me very closely that when you're in the middle, oftentimes you can feel you're the most loneliness. You can feel that you're all by yourself. You can feel like God has abandoned you. But I wanna hear this very clearly from all of you. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is in the middle of everything that you're going through. It seems like he's so far, but he's in the middle. The Bible says that God is near the brokenhearted. He's in the middle. God is our refuge, Psalm says it this way. And he is our present help in trouble. He's our present help in trouble. God is not God, the God of I was. I mean, no, he is the God of I am. He is the God of the past and of the future, but he's also the God of the present. Right now, right now, God is in the middle. Whatever you're in the middle of right now, God's in the middle of it with you. He hasn't left you, he hasn't abandoned you, he's in the middle of it with you right now. Whatever you're walking through, he's in the middle. God's with you in this season, God's with you through this trial, He's with you. And it's amazing what you can get through when you just understand he hasn't abandoned you. He's with you. So I hope today that you've been able to get some perspective that maybe if I'm in the middle of this, maybe there's growth that God's wanting to do. Maybe there's grace he's wanting to give. But we know for sure of all of that, he just wants to be in the middle of it with you. He's in the middle. And here's what I love about how God works. Even when it's your own sin and your own mistakes, he's still with you in the middle of it. He's still with you in the middle of it. God is here. And I want you to hear me. God says this, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. So I don't know any of y'all in here that are, are stuck in a place. You feel like, I'm just, just leave me here. Y'all just go on. God's going, get up. Get up. I'm, I'm not leaving until you get up. Get up. Let's go. We're, we're going to walk this together. And today, I, I hope you just feel the presence of God to know he's, he's here with you. He's here with you. Oftentimes, the reason why we're so drained, so exhausted, so burnt out, is because we haven't invited God to be in the middle of it. It's not that he's not in the middle of it, he's, he's, he's by, he's close by, but, but we've gotta get him into the middle of it. Jesus has gotta be there. You're in the middle of it, the question is, have you invited God to be in the middle of it with you? God wants to be all up in that because he wants to give you the strength and the grace and everything that you need to get through it 
to get to the other side. You fast forward the story, and of course, she does have Isaac. They have Isaac. But do you know that that wasn't the end of his growth? Do you know the next thing God calls him to do now? Hey, go sacrifice that only child now. How many know, once you finally get the promise, you're like, thank God. And now God's like, now I'm going to take them from you. And you'd be like, God, I'm so confused right now. But God is, God is calling us to continue to take steps. So watch this. God's best is always on the other side of our comfort zone. So as soon as you get settled and you'd be like, okay, I'm good here. Just know God's probably going to go, okay, it's time to move. It's time to go. So don't get too settled because Christianity is all about following Jesus. And if Jesus is always moving, guess what you need to be doing? You're always moving. Father, we love you. God, we just thank you for your truth today that reigns and resides today in this, in this place as it was spoken forth. God, we, we pray that, that it would go forth and do what it was set to do. God, I pray for every person right now that, that is here, that they're, they're in the middle of something. They just don't even know how it's going to work out. They don't know how it's going to play out. But God, they just need to be encouraged today to know that maybe there's growth there. Maybe there's grace there. We know more than anything that you're there. So God, I just pray that you would encourage your people today. Encourage your people today. If you're walking through something right now and you just, man, I'm, I'm in the middle of something that's, that's pretty deep I, and I don't know how to do it. Maybe it's your own emotions. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's something that, that's outside of your control. And you go, man, I, I, I know I just, I need God's help in this season. Would you just raise your hand all across this room? If that's you, that's online as well. We'd love to know if that's you. Man, I'm just, I'm in this right now. I, and I don't know really what the next step is. Father, I pray right now for, for every person that is, is raising their hand right now, you know what that situation is. And Holy Spirit, we invite you into the middle of this. Thank you that you are an ever-present help in time of need. So God, would you, would you just help? Would you encourage? Would you strengthen them? God, I pray, Lord, that you would show them the next step. What's the next thing that you're calling them to do? Holy Spirit, speak to them. Speak to them right now. If it's to step, may they step. If it's to wait, may they wait. God, I pray, Lord, that they would hear your voice above every other voice. Speak to them in this time, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen.